0: Good day my friends uh i'm really thankful for all of you that are downloading and listening to our episodes uh i just want to say thank you so much uh in this episode what you're going to hear is uh, the continuation of the discussion that we had posted on december 11th around what is your worldview and we explore certain topics specifically around what is the intrinsic value of individuals and how each one's worldview um, tries and defines what that value looks like. So take a listen and I will catch you guys at the end of the episode uh, uh, for some announcements. All right. <laughs> All right. Round two. I think
1: it's <laughs> important to what we said in break that, you know, uh, was was very gracious in mentioning that he didn't want to uh, offend me and you know and uh, and I reiterate the same I think this is this is the purpose of the well is just people dialoguing with no no um, no animus and no uh, agendas and things like that yeah. it's just dialogue trying to
0: uh, help each other right so thank you for yeah. that darn
2: oh yeah and likewise likewise
0: yeah, I, I in fact, I was talking to my, one of my colleagues today and I was telling them, hey, we're going to start this first uh, recording with my friends. And uh, they're like, it's awesome. And I said, um, I asked, I, I was talking to them about idea versus identity. Um, because ideas have a power of becoming identity when when it's called out when I oppose an idea that you believe in, it is taken as a insult against identity. I think we've lost the ability to be able to dialogue and debate ideas uh, and, and not personalize the opposition to the idea as becoming part of, oh, you're insulting my identity. In many areas, I think, the language has taken over that your idea is now your identity. So it's fenced off from uh, opposition. Because you oppose, you are then casting an aspersion on uh, identity. So really want to kind of delineate. That's why we have this conversation. That's why I hope and pray that this will be a place where we can fiercely debate with great respect, right? And uh, um, and that brings me to the next question that I want to have is a question for you guys around your worldview is, how does it define uh, both personal value as well as value for the other, right? Whatever you- So, so for, you're saying
2: my own sense of worth and the sense of worth I see in someone else?
0: Correct, correct. How does, how, does your, how does your axioms that we spoke about, right? Being really the bottom kind of uh, um, the, the, the floor of this framework of worldview drive towards value for yourself and value for others. And what's the source of that value? Where are you getting that value from?
1: Wow.
2: Can we have a 15 minute
0: break? <laughs> <laughs> Clark, maybe
2: maybe we should start this but I feel like I got to think about this one hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, take your time, take your time. This is this is this is, this is uh, conversation among friends.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean it's easy for me because again the, the Bible clearly says that we are all created in God's image. And we are, and because of that, the, such, we all have value. I mean, God's creation, we are all image bearers. So we all have a peace, uh, not to be sacrilegious. We all have a peace <laughs> of God, God in us. Yeah. And, uh, and if you follow the, uh, you know, the life of Jesus, you know, he lived a life uh, that we can only hope to, to you know, emulate. Um, mm-hmm it's to glorify god and to serve your fellow human being um, do we do that <laughs> no but uh, you know that, that is where i i you know get my my personal value is i am uh, a child of god um, and that you know that that's amazing uh, you know that uh, a sinner wretch horrible individual the things that i've done in my life that um, you know I can be forgiven and you know be invited into this house and and uh, you know it's 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 a blessing and it, it you know from that stems all all the peace joy love you know patience because I've already I'm I am accepted uh, and I have to I have to do nothing to be accepted. And so same goes to the individual on the street, you know. Do I do it? No, but you know, I need to perceive every human being on this planet as a child of God or a created image bearer of God. And because of that, they have worth. Everyone has worth. I yeah,
2: I think I'm 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 in some ways, constrained to say that I derive my own sense of worth from From myself, I suppose, as someone as, as someone that I, I guess I, it, would, it would be a humanistic perspective. I, I, I think that I am valuable and uh, And a worthy human being simply because I have this. Uh... Well, okay, okay, wait. Actually, maybe let me just take it from a different direction, though. Actually, go for it. There's, there's this deep sense within me when I'm with, uh, say, when I'm with 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 my, with a loved one or a friend, and when they affirm myself of uh, when they affirm my worth through, say, uh, through through a kind word or through an act of service or through a hug. There's there's something that there's there's something that occurs when there is that exchange of of love, I suppose, or affection. And so I suppose in some ways I see my own worth in the way that I'm valued by others. So there's there's uh I suppose two things. One is I think I have worth and value just simply because I exist and I am and the others because I see that others place value uh, and meaning on my existence uh, that I can sort of arrive at the conclusion that I have worth and value. Can, can I ask what the implication of the question is? Why, why does that question matter?
0: That's a great question. <laughs> back to the question. <laughs> yeah. <very good> question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I go back to that paradigm that it's difficult to delineate what you think and what you do. But there are more questions to ask. Why do you do what you do? Why do you behave what you behave? Now I can explain <laughs> the connection between what and what you, what you believe and what you did. But there's a different paradigm of question, right? Why? That's a different paradigm altogether. Gotcha. And that's why I think the question, when you start to ask the question, why, then you have to give a reasonable answer. And I think a reasonable answer would be there's value in doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did I clarify the premise no, that, of the question?
2: Sure, no, that, that makes sense.
0: Right, so you should, you should be able to give a reasonable answer to people to kind of say, okay, why do you believe what you believe? It has to be. There should be some sort of worth in in that axiom itself, right?
2: I. That's actually really interesting. I guess that's another axiom. That's something I could add to my to, to a set of axioms. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Is that I have value, and because I have value or worth, not not that I've ever doubted that, but just in terms of it makes sense that you act upon that by then moving people from a position of suffering to thriving.
0: Correct. The the oh, I'm uh, sure, yeah. Yeah.
1: But All but right. the Go ahead. I on. mean we can't just discount the state, statement of I have value. You know, wh- where does that value come from? Why why do you have value? You know, where did where did it come from? You know, these that that's a very important question. Are human beings valuable? you know if if you take uh, again the uh, not to beat up on the atheists but <laughs> if you take the time plus time plus, uh, time plus matter and chance view why does that give human beings innate value we're no different than the beaver or the tree or the rock they have you know i mean some may believe you know they have inherent value and yes they do have value to some extent, but, you know, are we the same then as, you know, the rock or the the water?
2: Yeah. I, okay. I, I think though that you, you, I, I wonder then if you, if it could be just reduced in, in some ways to, to just the evolutionary or to the belief that from an evolutionary perspective, you have to find value in yourself to survive, right? It's just an innate innate instinct, perhaps, in some ways.
1: Um, And then you've reduced yourself to a lion or the queen bee, where it's instinctual for them to kill their mate uh, to survive.
0: There's a consequence, I think, for that idea that it is it is evolved um but they, they, I, then if we need to evolve then the consequence would be uh, the greater value should survive then and, who decides and, and, who's the greater value
1: and to clarify for the like three listeners out there <laughs> I,
0: I, Hey, we this got more, a lot of man.
1: This is not a discussion on evolution and you know. No, 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 no. Too, sure, too. sure, sure. Yeah, and I, I'm not, you know, positing yeah. one way or the other. Right. Um, and right. maybe that's for another day, but yeah, you know, it was a discussion yeah. on value, and you know, we have to sort of each individual has to um, look in themselves and say, hey, I am valuable, what gives me that value? And that's, it's part of this you know, belief system that we have, but we don't really think about too much. Um, yeah, but they, if you have an incorrect view system on your value, it does have ramifications like Donald's trying to point out.
0: Big ramifications, right? Um, like if you say, so let's take the full spectrum, right? I am very valuable versus I am not valuable, right? And people are somewhere in between, right? Um, in their thought process, at least they are somewhere in between. If I'm not valuable, I can be discarded, right? There's no, there's no inherent, it's like, it's like a used tissue. <laughs> right? so you don't need, it's not, it's not valuable anymore, so you discard it, right? If it's, I'm really valuable, then I protect it like diamonds and gold and whatever, right? I have a safe for it, I keep it safe, whatever, right? And anything in between, right? People, anything in between. So uh, coming back to your point around uh, Tarun, around kind of adding that back into your premises, right? I think it's good to add that in and see what kind of shakes up around just that thought. But it's interesting that you, 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 you changed your directional sense from a premise standpoint. You have both now internal as well as external pointings. I don't know if you, if I'm communicating. Like, can, can,
2: can you explain that more? Yeah. Or, or? So that
0: the reference point of the premise was axiomatic to your own personal experience. Mm-hmm. For value, you're looking outside of yourself now. Also, not meaning to say that you don't value yourself. It's a self-referencing.
2: Sorry, the the line the line dropped just there.
0: The line, can you hear me? This is the worst thing in the podcast of saying. Can you hear me? <laughs> can, can you guys hear me now? <laughs> no? Oh I'm, yeah, I'm no, really I' can hear you. you can hear me? Okay I can hear you. Okay. Maybe, Tarun, maybe Tarun needs to get back on. Uh, it, He's it's frozen the, in time.
1: <laughs> uh, excuse me, all Canadians, I'm going make a joke, but it has to do with the
0: Canadian WiFi. Stuff. <laughs> oh my God. you. <laughs> You have taken my Canadian (laughs) listeners out of the package now. (laughs) Tharun, you there? Uh, Tharun, let's... uh, I know. I think he just dropped off and then probably joined back in. Oh, yeah. This is
1: why you have the editors afterwards?
0: Hopefully. No, I I just want to be... This is a... I was thinking about it, Clark, um... You can have extraordinary people and have ordinary conversations or you could go the other way around. Oh, I'm coming back in. Back in, so we, we were, we were well, um, we, you know, sniping at you.
2: We were sniping just saying the Canadian
1: <laughs> Wi-Fi system.
2: Oh, is that what it was? I was about to say that's a good excuse when your feet get held over the fire. <laughs> oh, out? Out? <laughs> I, I can't hear you. What, what's going on? <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Yeah. but but, so, but Don,
2: you were you were saying uh it's, that my direction or oh, yeah. my self of frame of reference changes
0: yeah your frame of reference has you've added to it right i'm not saying it's wrong but it started with your experience as being the foundational but when it came to value you also now are adding which is good thing adding the reference point from outside like somebody who you love or you love giving you that affirmation you are you, you kind of get a sense of value if that sure. was absent that's absent you don't you don't get it right you don't feel it or you don't sense it okay. so you know just 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 to kind of mentally kind of think sorry the app in an abstract way think that your premises the way you the way you believe what you believe also has an external reference point. That's all I want to kind of get you to. Right. Okay.
2: So, so you, there's consideration of the other's perspective.
0: Yes. So your point so, of so. reference from a worldview standpoint is not just yourself. There's also when you add the paradigm of value. Yeah, sure. Sure. There's also external point of view, right, being added. Which sure. is going circling back to your point around, how can you be trusted to believe others or other people or other things right. your 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 framework also has that when you put the paradigm of value you start to see you 're also referencing from the outside right you know what I mean <laughs> right think through that i mean' it's a, it's a little abstract let's let's apply sorry, Clark, you wanted to say something go go ahead
1: no I, I think. Um it's It's dangerous to say something like I, I feel that I have value because if you take the converse of that, what if somebody feels that they don't have value? Um, that has ramifications, and also if one doesn't unfortunately get the affirmation that they are valuable, that also has ramifications mm. um, and you know part of that I think is contributing to you know, a lot of the teenage suicides. Again, I, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, you know, a psychiatrist. I'm not a social a psychologist. So I'm just going about, you know, my personal take on this. You know, it. I think it has a little bit of bearing when your value system is based outside um, or even inside, right? You, you feel that, right? So, uh, again, that's why... For me, you know, a transcendent value uh, makes the most
0: sense. Mm. So that's something to think about, right? Um, You know, a a self-referencing point of view, according value in the framework versus something that is outside of you, transcendental, right? Outside of you, according value, irrespective of, what you believe or think. There's ramifications to those two kinds of views, um, you know, that, that, uh, that's a, that, that persons hold, right? So if, if there's a universal value applied to everybody, it changes the way I see the world versus seeing value for an individual, by an individual, then the, then the premise is as an individual, you can define that value, you know what I mean? Well, this is, I guess, as
2: I'm thinking about this, I, I'm wondering, I, do we apply that universally? I mean, we don't actually, we have categories for people that we consider of less value. So I I don't think anyone holds a universal belief that people or humans are equally valuable. So we could say that the, an individual that, we could say that an individual that causes unnecessary suffering, want, or, or, or yeah, just wantonly creates unnecessary suffering is a person that holds less value.
1: I I think that becomes a very slippery slope because then who is going to who is going to put the reference point as as to valuing an individual position in society? You know, I, I understand your point, Theron. It's a great point that you're seen, making I, about like a mass murder, right? So you're saying a mass murderer. Or, know, or not
2: even a mass murderer. I just think of, I think of the, this, because the case of Canon Hinnant sat heavy on me and, and I still suppose it still does. But the the gentleman that shot him, I was this 25-year-old man named Darius Sessoms. And I I can't help but think that what value and what use does an individual have to society, to, to, to existence even, who can walk up to a five-year-old and shoot them in the head? That, and, and that's an ex- absolute extreme example, but it's just to say that I'm not convinced that everyone has value or that our worldview allows for that. I think there is a, there is a ranking yeah. and categorizing
1: uh, filter. But I think we have to separate the action from the the individual. And I'm not even talking about the individual who shot him, the the individual meaning the human being. You know, the action is heinous. Nobody will argue that. You know, it's just a, a terrible act. But is this individual who shot him valuable? I could argue in a in in ways in that Who's to say that if we didn't grow up in his childhood, adolescent, adulthood that we wouldn't have done the same thing. Um, so, you know, to pass judgment on the individual for this heinous crime, I understand it's heinous. Is you know, and I, again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he shouldn't be punished for his actions. I am, I'm, we're talking about inherent worth here um, the inherent human being is, is valuable. What he did was invaluable or is that the right word? Uh, un- unvalued. Um, but as I said, also, this yeah, individual, this individual can be redeemed. You know, that is the story of, of, of the Bible. This is redemption is the story of God, of Jesus. Um, he came to redeem humanity. And so there, there are replete, you know, stories replete about um, prisoners who did heinous crimes that um, through, the, you know, through the, the blood of Christ has been redeemed. And so that value has been restored uh, according to your definition of value.
2: Yeah, I guess, I, I and, and, and even I suppose as I think about it too, I suppose if you were to consider his, it, it, to, to use my own example or my own uh, measure of whether someone has value where I think if others find value in me, I'm sure even this gentleman has people that find value in him and so his, him not, him no longer being does cause some f- deficit to someone and I suppose within that deficit you can then say he did have value, so yeah, I guess um, sorry this can, turned into me processing more than anything uh,
1: else. No, this Ma, is but that's, that's, that's the that's the process that's
2: the point. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. the point yeah. I We're think all here for all of us. Exactly. That's the point for all of because us because so, when
1: you presented no. that scenario, I, I also had to think about, you know, this is this is interesting. I mean, you know, this scenario of, of value and this individual who performed this you know terrible crime.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so let's go back to that that example, right? Um, the gentleman that's shot the little boy. Um, if you apply, sorry, if we were to extract his worldview in the act, what was he saying, anyways?
1: Only he knows that.
0: No, he he's basically saying. That little boy is not valuable. He's, he's an irritation to him.
2: Or, or alternatively though, maybe he's saying he's ultimately valuable. And the way I can show you the way that I can show this to you is to remove his value.
0: It's possible. There's a possibility we are not in his head, but I'm just looking at the act itself and saying, a person who has more power and more gun power, <laughs> gunpowder has <laughs> acted on a little boy who is not, you know, who's not powerful enough to stop him. So he's kind of gone through a decision-making process and has evaluated what that action needs to be from his view, worldview, right? And he has concluded that him pulling a gun and sh- putting it on his temple and shooting him is the right thing of value to him at that moment. Does that make sense? That he's, his action is more valuable than the underlying value of that little kid that was there because snuffing him out was not of-
2: Sure, yeah.
0: Greater value, right? Um, you know what I mean?
2: And, and, and so you're asking what has value. led,
0: what is? Yeah, no, I'm just saying he had a worldview and his worldview led him to act. And the act itself says that my act is more valuable to me than your intrinsic value, because I'm going to put you to bed. I'm going to take mm-hmm. you out. You know what I mean? So you see worldview having action. Leading to the question of value is crit- that's why I was trying to draw the I was trying to draw the 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 model to kind of say you have a worldview you're going to act in that act you're going to say you're going to talk about value whether you like it or not you're going to act out what you value the most.
2: So there are, consequ- yeah, so it's there are consequences. yes ultimately an example exactly. of consequences to your perspective on correct. what value is
0: correct. Correct. And, and so. To come back to what you were saying, is there intrinsic value for all? That's a good question to ask. If there is no intrinsic value, then these acts need not be punished because then what a person decides then becomes his paradigm of value. We have to honor that. We don't have a, a measure to Like Clark was saying, there's no measure to weigh what is more valuable, even from an action standpoint, right?
1: I mean, in the defense of the atheists, they'll say, you know, there are societal measures that people have... Into, that, that could um, be.
0: I'm not saying I'm not according this to God or anything like that right exactly. now at the moment, right? But I'm just saying. But, there's something. You see, different.
1: I, I'm I'm defending you guys, the atheists. So uh,
0: <laughs> I I don't know where they I'm, are. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: That's for but, the potential one viewer that just clicked off. <laughs> <laughs> viewer, listener, come back.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, so I would I would say that my own experience, and again, this is this is uh, th- this again is a is a matter of trust. I trust that my phenomenological experience is replicated in yours, and in Clark's, in Dawn's, and Clark's, whoever whoever I'm around. Um, and so, therefore, if if, if something causes uh, causes me hurt pain, or loss, I can assume that the same, within reason, it's going to cause either of you, the same action performed on you is going to uh, create an equal amount of hurt, loss, and pain.
1: But you're making an assumption. There are societies and tribes around the world that don't ascribe to that kind of philosophy or... Uh, or perceived action as being positive or negative.
2: That's that's the golden rule, though, isn't it? It's uh, do unto others as you would have done to yourself or do what you would like to, or, or treat others as you want to be treated. And but I feel that, like that, that's...
1: But that's a Christian, that's a Christian philosophy. That's not I'm a, sure global, should, it, that's not a it, global... It might philosophy. have... Um, so
2: you, you don't think that that's something that's... Uh, that can be embraced by everyone.
1: It should be embraced by everyone. Does everybody embrace it, or do all society or cultures embrace that? I would have to argue no. I mean, just the fact of 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 again, I'm I'm not picking on the Muslim, but the the Sharia law. I mean, that there's you know that's they'll they'll put an asterisk on do unto others as you had have them do unto you know as yourself
0: if the statement has to stand on its own because it's independent right it's got to have it's got to have an authority that is independent of the person's hearing or saying it because the moment i say do unto others as you would have them do unto you you become the authority so how can you know what I mean? You kind of given value to what you've said there. If it has to stand between the two who are independent bodies, it has to have a, a different person or different... It has to have val- authority, apart from the two people who are saying it and hearing it. You know what I mean? The yeah, I mean origin- there, has to,
2: there has to be an agreement. There's a contract that that, that statement is
0: true between both parties. One is agree. Second is, how do you agree? What's the measure? For agreement, you need value, right? You need to shake hand and say, I'm gonna give you five bucks for this product.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who decides the five bucks?
2: But that, that's, just a,
0: that's just mutual agreement. If I, if I say four $4, <laughs> And you think it's $5. That's the personal piece, right? That is then playing it. So who decides that? Is it five or four? The market forces in the share market and things like that, the market forces decided, but who decides that value for that particular statement to stand to stand between the two?
2: So, and, and just to confirm this this metaphor, we're when, when, when using that or when it's extrapolated out, we're saying what is...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How, how do we arrive at moral consensus
0: it could become moral it could be you know it could have moral consequences uh, or ethical consequences or even just social consequences economic con i mean it's it' every kind of consequence like the measures that you said right for a person's
2: right. um,
0: what I'm trying to sorry if it's all confusing and very abstract um, I think what what we will be, maybe we can debate a little more and talk a little more. I don't think we're going to finish in this session any which ways I think we have more to explore. I think, uh, unless it's all confusing for you guys but I don't think so is to, is to kind of say, is there, you know, it, it, I think it comes down to what's the reference point for your axiom, right? One is internal, second is external,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And then as we said, hey, you have to make a choice. You have to play your cards and you have to make a bet on each of these. Um, some of the self-referencing points, can they stand on their own? Right? Can, can a framework stand on its own with self-reference? Those are some of the questions that I think we have to kind of explore. Mm-hmm. And when, when it comes to value, it becomes extremely difficult to have a self referencing point of view to define value if you do then then it's going to have consequences like we see of this little boy and this gentleman who shot the little boy because if it begins at the person then you then you there is no arbiter for that you need you need an arbiter for that's why we have the law and law of the land and, you know, whatever police and things like that. Does that make sense? Sure. It does. I, I, I suppose though it, it comes back though to,
2: I suppose uh, I'm wondering if it comes back full circle to what we initially started talking about with what do you trust or who do you trust? And exactly. the question then I, again, and it's, this is not meant to be a conversation about apologetics, but then the question is how does why is it that you uh, decide that the Christian perspective or the teachings of Christ are the arbiters of truth? or can be that?
0: Exactly. That's, that's a great point. Yeah.
2: That's a great
0: point. And and, yeah, that, that, that is a next discussion. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) a next discussion. That's for the the theologians. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's for the, (laughs) <laughs> not not essential. I think we we can discuss. Definitely, we can discuss. I don't think there's a there's a problem with no. us discussing. But I think no, it's, that's, yeah,
1: that's a discussion on truth claims. How do you define true? What is true and what is false? You know that's, Right. You know that's the like you know it's a it's a, it's a subject in philosophy and and you know you use you use certain criteria to determine what is true and what is false. I mean, you know, existential and it exists. Existentialism is definitely one, you know, living through it, you know, uh, experience definitely attributes into a truth claim, but you know, you have the logical does, does the claim is the claim logical and, and, uh, is the claim provable if you take those, um, and is, and also is it coherent? Does it cohere to, to society? Does it cohere with, you know, what we living? and you take those those points and you apply it to all worldviews, including atheism slash scientism, it's up to you then to, um, you know, suss that out and see what is true and what is false. Again, I, for me, you know, the, the Christian worldview to me is the only one that meets all those criteria. Now it might be different to somebody else. and I guess that's the purpose of this well, is to discuss those points on, you know, what is true and what is false. But,
0: um, but that's yeah. what you know. I know. So we could cover only two of the points that I was thinking of. <laughs> four, um, the things that I was thinking of, you know, today was what. What are the key elements of worldview? I don't think we potentially covered all of that. Uh, the other question was, what are the external factors that shape the worldview? We got a little bit in. We said there's potentially other things that are outside of us that shape the way we see the world and, and we feel and we live. We haven't really covered uh, a question of take your worldview, what you believe in, and stretch it out to see what can it be. Right? take Take what you believe and just stretch it out and see what can it be how good can it be how bad can it be <laughs> you know so if you if you kind of do that mental exercise and see that maybe you'll pull back and say what what do i what do i believe in right so i think it's it's important to kind of stretch that i don't think we could cover that maybe we should you know do round two round three whatever and then uh, and then we spoke a little bit about Uh, I think we spoke a little bit, a little more than what we would have around actions flowing out of worldview Um, and then in kind of back and forth between experience, our minds, what we believe and how we behave.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Um, But I think we should explore a little more around that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So final thoughts just on, the time that we spent together valuable not valuable and you can be really free and frank i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't guys
1: uh, you have guys to against define it. value <laughs> uh.
0: valuable for you personally <laughs> i
2: um i i i have I, I should say that i i it's it, it's enjoyable to share my perspective and to hear others perspectives but even more valuable i think to add to add to realize that uh, that axiom can be reformed. I think if anything, that's going to be my major uh, takeaways to just spend time thinking about this idea of uh, of why do I find value in myself and value in others? And maybe there isn't really an answer outside of just because I do, but that's still something I'm going to spend a bunch of time thinking about. So that for me is a major, is a major takeaway from this. Um, I feel, I feel like it would be, I would really enjoy getting into the weeds of maybe even dipping our toes in apologetics and just kind of understanding what aspects of, what aspects of faith have made it easier for you to make that leap and trust in Christianity, I think for me, yeah. would be something I'd enjoy doing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, we could do that. We could do that for round two, and um, I don't know. Maybe a couple of minutes we have. What, what what is faith then? Maybe you guys. What? whatever your what experiences? Where you go? To- <laughs> no, let's add, let's put let's show the appetizer for the next round. Just just your definition, right? As as you know it, right? What is faith?
2: I can. I actually don't mind taking a crack at that because that's something that recently my perspective on has changed uh, since I've been uh, studying for the LSAT. And I wouldn't be surprised if Clark, when <laughs> you were studying for the MCAT, you had to you do a lot, a lot of, of the... faith on that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's it's just this idea that I, and, and after taking, after, uh, after studying for it, it's made me realize that I feel everyone should do something similar where you study rhetoric even for a few weeks of your life. It's really worth it. Um, <laughs> But uh, just this idea that what every, every belief we hold is really just a conclusion which is supported by a set of premises. And this idea of an assumption being an unstated premise was really valuable to me because what it made me do is when I considered my own beliefs, which are my conclusions, starting to ask what the assumptions were within those, within those beliefs that were uh, supporting that conclusion, has been invaluable. And so for me, I guess faith has, it's made me view faith as the disparity between, or or the point at which you cannot support your conclusion with an empirical premises. And you just have to trust that this premises is true.
0: Mm.
2: If that makes sense.
0: So So if I rephrase trust without evidence,
2: belief in a premise, which doesn't have empirical evidence. Yeah.
0: Okay. So because you're
2: trusting, you're trusting because you're trusting even the empirical or the, the the premise that has empirical evidence, you're still trusting that that empirical evidence is true. So there's, there's some leap of faith there, but it's, uh, yeah, the
0: the leap is no evidence. That's what I'm imagining what you're saying.
2: Yes. That's what I think I've come to
1: understand is. Okay. Okay. I mean, for me, you know, the Bible has in Hebrews uh, 11, it says faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So, uh, you know, my faith is in Jesus and his word. And so, you know, the hope, the unseen, um, you know, it's, it's, it's there, but not as important for me. Mm.
0: Interesting. Interesting end to this conversation. So I think we need to explore that. Um, so think about these things. I don't know when you guys want to get together, maybe next Wednesday again, uh, Clark, that's the works day that you. works for you, right? Um, yeah. But I thought you had
1: another module.
0: No, this is the I module for thought us. thought you had the four modules. We're not, we're not starting um, till we finish this conversation. This is kind of our, you know, pilot run, right? Proof of concept pilot run. So Uh, we'll continue. uh, Oh, okay.
1: Cause I thought you were going to do like one week this and then next week, that the next week, that
0: the next week, that that's the ideal goal. But we are starting with this being a longer module so that we can send it to people and get some feedback. Right. So. I actually would, you know,
1: if it's possible to invite, you know, one or two more people with other worldviews, it'll be interesting.
0: We will. We will. We will. We'll definitely will bring other people of different worldviews together to discuss. So I think we need to have a richer conversation and and we get we can rotate like this, you know, um, and have other people on as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's good. It's good. I just uh, okay. although it's sometimes too many people
0: yeah, we just want to restrict it to three or four, four max. Otherwise, it it becomes uh, chaotic. Uh, we don't we don't have we cannot fully develop your own thoughts and ideas. Um, my view on faith has changed. Um, uh, that's why I think the word evidence and um, what does it say? Faith is the su- sorry substance and evidence, right? Um, so you need substance and you need evidence. That's those are ingredients for faith. So faith is not hope. Hope is not what's seen. Hope is basically what's not seen. Faith is evidence. There's evidence for that faith. And so that's why worldview. You don't see it. The only way you see it is when people act or say, it. because you don't. You can't get back into their thought realm. What you experience is what you can derive out of, right? So for me, that evidence is of words and action. That's faith. It's coming out of the place of faith. It's coming out of that meta worldview.
2: So when when you say evidence and substance, how, how are you defining those two?
0: Action, just action, action and words.
2: Oh, okay,
0: I see. Yeah, so it's, it's not just this um, axiomatic um, meta, metaphysical. The metaphysical is visible in actions and words or in yeah. actions, whatever, right? sure. action, yeah. inaction. So it, it's, it's almost like a extension of who you are, right? From, even from a worldview standpoint, It's how you behave is basically what you believe. What you believe is basically who you believe who you truly are. And and kind of the direction can be, you know, uh, self-referencing, right? Or other affirmations, or it could be transcendental. And transcendental doesn't mean always Christian, right? It could be anybody who believes that there's somebody outside that's doing all this and then working through it. Um, I'd say the persons who believe are more naturalistic or humanistic in their approaches, kind of the reference point being human society and cultures and history kind of inform their view. I think if we want to discuss faith more in depth, we
1: have to define faith because I'm exactly. a little confused because I think Theron's uh, use of the word faith might be different than what I think maybe it is. you're yeah, using think, it, it, it is at different. this point yeah. in
0: time. It is different. That's why I said, you know, you, you're, you're, there's a leap where you don't see, right? There's a, there's a non-evidentiary leap uh, in in definition of your faith, right? In as you define faith.
2: Well, or faith is, no, but I'm, I'm saying faith is that leap Correct. without Correct. evidence.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The concept of faith is basically your leap between what you know versus yes. what you think you know, what you believe is going to happen or whatever. Correct. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a difference there. So I think we need to debate that to align on why it is or why it is not. Um, and then, you know, go from there, right? I agree. Awesome. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, friends, so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Great yeah. chatting. Good seeing you, Clark. Good seeing you, Don. Yes.
1: Absolutely, You're a classic. Take care. Right?
0: Yeah, uh, likewise, you likewise. Are. You are.
2: I look forward to next Wednesday.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Have a Bye. good night, people. See you, generally. Bye. My friend, thank you for listening to this episode of Share the Well. Hope it has given you some food for thought. We have some exciting content coming up uh, this year, uh, and uh, really look forward to um, bringing you all the parts uh, we spoke about, whether it's worldview that you just listened to or uh, the relationships that we have, uh, work. And specifically around the quartet caring for the ones that are marginalized how can we be involved really want to talk through some of those challenging topics send us your thoughts comments uh, in the social media that you engage in or the app that you're using to listen or you could even visit our website and drop a comment in there if there's something that has benefited you we would love to know that and anything that you want us to discuss about as well you can leave as a comment or a question. So the website, as you probably know by now is sharethewell.community. We'll repeat it for you, sharethewell.community. Thank you and have a great week ahead.